0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter.
1: Hi and welcome to the episode. Today we are discussing one of our most requested topics, I think, which is digital clutter. And when Beck and I chatted about this, we thought there's so many areas to address that we thought we'd break it up bit by bit so that you can really get all of your digital clutter under control. So today we are just talking about emails and how we tame the chaos that is our inbox. It's a big issue, isn't it, Beck?
0: Yeah, it is. People request this a lot and it's one of the things that bothers people so much and causes a lot of stress is trying to manage their emails because not only do they just keep on coming uh, but they come in quickly and they are one of those things that we're too busy to deal with at the time and so they're kind of ignored um, once they've been read and that can end up a bit problematic.
1: So I had a bit of a
0: look for some stats and... Surprise, surprise. Yeah.
1: Just to, you know, be different. Um, But I found, and I think this is, I feel like this is quite conservative, but um, the Harvard Business Review said that on average, professionals have around 200 emails in their inbox that, you know, sit there and roll over day to day and receive approximately 120 new ones each day. But on average, only respond to about a quarter of those. What do you
0: think, Mm -hmm. Bec? Does that sound about right? Probably. Definitely, the more than two hundred emails. Most people have more than that, and I lots of people in my workshops when I ask them to uh, raise their hand around how many emails they have, there's well over a thousand for most people. So that's definitely rings rings true in my experience for sure. Yeah, and the same with the responding thing. Like so many of them are just not relevant.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can't cope with a big inbox surprise surprise <laughs> that just doesn't work for me what are you like do you have lots or are you pretty no I am I'm,
0: I'm the same as you I can't cope with it either so I'm just gonna look now while we're talking um, I've got 30 in my inbox at the moment and I'm just looking and five of them that I received this morning I will be able to immediately delete. I just haven't done it yet. So, uh, And then two of them are from myself <laughs> so I just need to put those on my to-do list because I emailed myself while I was out. And, um, yeah, so that's that's how many I have. I, I like to just have, and, it's, and again, I'll, it'll get to that by the end of today, but I like to just have one screen's worth with, like, no scrolling. Mm-hmm. And so that's that tends to be my rule or is no scroll. So if I've got only just one page worth, I'm I'm happy and comfortable.
1: Ah, uh, good. I I probably have a similar amount. Mine are kind of split between work and reading, which is a technique that I will discuss in a minute as well. So I keep I have mm-hmm. like a separate area of things that go in that are not critical but are things I would like to have a look through when I get the time so I kind of divert them at the point of entry into stuff that is critical to respond to and the other stuff which is just nice to have um so yeah I probably I have probably about 10 in each at the moment as well but I know a lot of people maintain a zero inbox and I'm like Mm. wow I love that I I don't think I could cope with it but like I don't think I could actually do it but um some people really focus that way
0: I suppose I could do it, but it would just mean creating some new habits around recording some to-dos because I use my inbox as a as part of my task list. And so I think if I had zero emails in my inbox, because never, I've never crossed every single task off my list. So it wouldn't mean that I've actually done the tasks, although that would be really good. But it would mean that I've written them down somewhere else and then I've filed the email. But it, that would yeah, re- require new habits for me, which probably could be possible, but, you know, I don't need to do that because what's working for me is working. But another thing that I just thought of is that we don't all have one email address. And when I'm thinking about all of the emails I actually have, so I've got my normal regular old email and that is our business one and I also use it for personal. And then I have about five gmail accounts for various things (laughs) yeah yeah so i've got yeah i've got various gmail accounts and i've got well i've got the the be uncluttered one is is on there and then i've got all my iopo ones there's two of those then there is a regular gmail one and then there is a gmail account for my Clearspace account and i don't use a lot of them but my point is i think we do have always have more than one email address and so we have to make sure we consider that in in talking about email as well as the fact that we do often juggle multiple email addresses and we can actually treat our different email accounts in different ways sometimes depending on what they are would that be fair to say
1: yeah absolutely well I know that we I have three so we have what we call like our family email which is you know I guess that's real we put our email address for things like the kids sport or, you know, if we're buying concert tickets or anything that's relevant to our entire family goes to our family email account. And so that way, ryan can access it from his phone i can access it from mine the girls can access it from ipads Mm. and things like that and then we have our own separate ones so then i have two more i have a work one and a personal one that are private but i have them both go to the same inbox so that it's all contained because i check the home inbox or the family inbox and my inbox and that's enough for me i think if i got too many i'd just lose track
0: yeah and i do lose track (laughs) 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 <laughs> With all of mine. Uh, well, Mick and I have uh, an Outlook account or like an Office account so we can see each other's emails. So that's helpful because we don't need to actually have a shared account in order to see each other's mm-hmm. uh, emails, which is um, really, really helpful. Uh, it's really hard though to do things that are secret so i have to make sure i use one of my google <laughs> <laughs> he might, one of my gmail accounts uh for secret things because otherwise he'll go what are you buying from the fishing shop yeah so yeah well there's that surprise down the tube so yeah, yeah i use that my personal one that he can't get to for those kinds of secret things uh, but yeah we it, it would, did definitely. I can't see many people, um, especially those people that work, having um, only one email address.
1: Mm. All right. Well, let's let's jump in and have a chat about some of the ways that we can start taming the chaos and um and getting mm. our emails under control. Where should we start? Um. Okay.
0: So let's start with our inbox and. Do you want to talk about limiting the number of emails in the inbox and how we can do that? The advice that I give people who are trying to tame their emails is to actually get rid of as many emails out of their inbox as possible and a lot of people will store their entire mailbox in their inbox and I don't think that is a huge problem efficiency-wise because the search function means that you can always find whatever email you want. But I think from a psychological perspective having 7000 emails in your inbox could feel like a bit of a weight on your shoulders would that be fair to say or is it just me
1: yeah and i i just think how often are you accessing the one that's right down the bottom or near the bottom yeah. or like like once they are so far down the list why are they still there are they are they just kept for storage or because you don't know how to action them i kind of yeah i question the whole Keeping them all
0: in that place. Yeah. Yeah. I think that people keep them there, um, one, because they haven't got around to moving them, Mm -hmm. and two, because they, or or two, because they haven't actioned them yet, or three, because they don't want to move them. Um, Mm. And I think those are the three main reasons that emails stay in inboxes. And if we sort of cover off the first one is they haven't got around to moving them, then they've usually got a folder structure set up to move things to. But quite often that folder structure is set up in a complicated way and it means that it's a lot of work moving things from your inbox into folders. So if it's a lot of work and it's not urgent or important, then people just ignore it and they'll just go, oh, I haven't got time for that. I'm just going to leave it. So I reckon that's why things get left is because it's it's a little bit too complicated and it builds up and becomes a bit of an onerous task.
1: Well, I can even give you a stat on that back that 10% mm-hmm. of the total time people spend on emails is spent filing mm-hmm. the messages. And that's that kind of process involves two phases, which is trying to figure out where the email should go. So oh, does it go into that folder or that folder? And mm-hmm. then finding <laughs> the selected folder uh, that they have to move them to. And the more choices you have, the longer it takes for us to make a decision. So yeah. if you've got You know, really specific, detailed folders on the side of your inbox to move them to. That can become really time-consuming. Going right, if I was looking for this, where would I go looking for it? Where should I put it? Yeah, you know,
0: and expanding all the folders and like drilling down and then down and then down and then down and then down. Um, it, It takes up so much time. And then I don't know, I don't know if you have a stat on this or not, but we we hardly ever look at the stuff that we file away again anyway. And if Mm -hmm. it's anything like paper, we usually retrieve about 20% of what we file. And so we're spending all this time filing stuff and then we're only ever going back and finding, you know, one in five of them anyway. And most of the time we can't be bothered searching through all the folders so we go to the search function anyway. So we've spent all this time deliberately and conscientiously and painstakingly filing into all of these folders only to ignore those folders and use the search function to find the email even if we and that is if we even want to find the email again later yeah so it seems like a bit of an inefficiency there
1: well this um harvard business review uh, article about email and wasting time on email and i'll pop a link to it in the show notes it's a really interesting read it says that that average person has about 37 folders um but It also said that it is far more quicker, and I can't remember the times that were in there, but it said it's so much quicker just using the search function to search for an email than it is to try and remember where you put it that that that's a huge trap for time-wasting as well, going, right, that receipt that I got for that thing now, did I put that in the shopping folder or the Christmas folder or the gifts folder or the folder with my child's name on it? Or, you know, like, and trying to think back and checking them all and reading and because then you scroll through and read the top line, everyone, no, that's not it, no, that's not it. Like so much time lost. And they, while we're on the topic of folders, and I know you have an idea that's quite similar to this, Harvard Business Review suggests that we we should just have two folders. We have one which is archive. So basically everything that you've read and you're moving along. And then the other one should be reading. So things that you want to go back and read that you haven't got to yet, but get it out of your inbox. So reading, when you've got spare time, you can go click on the reading folder and find all the emails that you'd like to have a look at. Archive is for everything else and then you just search using the search function and they said that's far more efficient.
0: Yeah. So, I've been doing productivity office productivity training now for like 10 years and early on I used to teach sort of a a, a GTD a, a getting things done method which we'll put a link to in the show notes as well. But that method involved using folders and stuff. And then I got to a point where I went, "No, this is stupid. This is just spending all this time for no good reason and so what i advocate now and it does freak people out a little bit until they get used to the idea is is just what you said then is just get rid of all of the folders or most of the folders and just have one and it could be like there's the archive idea from the Harvard business review article but you could do it by year so you could just have 2019 2018 2017 and then just all of the emails that you want to keep just go straight into that folder rather than into all these individual little folders, and then you use the search function to find it. And there are there's occasional job roles or topics or projects that might require a folder, but if you limit it to again my no scroll rule, so if you only have as many folders as you can fit on the screen without having scroll without scrolling or expanding, then it's really quick and easy to bulk file emails into those lists you know you just control shift and use your mouse and you can just click a big chunk of your emails that are sitting in your inbox languishing there and then just drag and drop them straight into the folder in bulk and that speeds up the filing time Mm -hmm. um, which is what we spend all of that wasted time on and it the retrieval time is no different because it's the search function and so that's not going to be any different from leaving it in your inbox and it just saves all this time because we don't want to be spending all this time filing things that we never retrieve again. So the faster we can do that, the more efficient it is. So, yeah, I've had a few and then I've had a few clients that have done folders like um, they call it done or dealt with or uh, finished. So they are all of the things that they just don't need anymore and they whack them in there. So it's the same as archive essentially. Mm-hmm. I don't usually advocate a reading one. I usually advocate sticking that in the done because no one ever goes back and reads anyway, but that, it is an idea for some people who might do that.
1: Well, so I have a an hour blocked out in my schedule every Friday afternoon when I get to that like the hour kind of last hour of work for the week where normally I'd be like mm, procrastinate, procrastinate, and <laughs> I now block that off in my schedule as my reading hour so I get emails through the week from things that I've you know newsletters that I've subscribed to or people that write blogs regularly that I really want to read but during the week I'm like I just don't have time for that and then so they go into my reading file and on a Friday afternoon I scan through read the ones I want delete them all and then they all start flowing in again from the next day so it's kind of that um, but it's a sh- like it's a short cycle and I review it and it's scheduled yeah. so that it doesn't because for a while there I used to put them all in the reading folder and then I like opened it and there was, you know, 400. <laughs> I'm like I'm never going to read all that. <laughs> because that's what would happen to me. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I had to schedule the time to do the reading Yeah. because otherwise yeah. I just don't go back. And-, and that's the thing I think with all those folders on the side and I'm talking from uh, experience here that like there's this mental thing and I think you 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 nailed it before when you said you know having all those emails in your inbox can feel overwhelming on the flip side, when you file things in a folder, it's like tucked in a dark box away in the attic and you kind of stop seeing it and it's like I remember looking at our computer and there was you know some of the paperwork from the move we did to the uk. there was a whole folder, there must have been a hundred emails in there. I'm like that was two thousand and twelve. Why do we Mm. still have why do we still have the information from the shipping company that moved our furniture? Like, why do we still have all that stuff? But because it's tucked away in a neat little folder on the side, it never gets in the way, it never screams for attention and you just ignore it. And then all this space is taken up on your computer, but all this like data is just sitting there. And Mm. we never go, right, today I'm gonna declutter my folders. (laughs) No, who does that?
0: you know and so that
1: stuff just sits and builds and builds we add new folder after new folder and the list just gets bigger but we never take them away so yeah I think there's something in that in in reviewing the folders that you've got to say do we still need this stuff anymore and yeah
0: uh, Yeah. and if you do if you do create those those folders say say by year then once you, you can just make a blanket rule of you know once a folder is five years old you just delete the whole thing and you know there might be and and if you wanted to i mean you could poke through it and pull out special ones or something but that yeah i don't know you'd have to make the time to do that and not mm. everyone would have the time to do that but it enables you to make some bulk decisions of you know if an email is a certain amount of years old it can go but i tend to hoard my emails and i because I have found some really old ones that have made me smile and so I sort of do keep them and I haven't run out of space yet and I'll have to reassess it if that becomes an issue but I do tend to keep everything that well if I don't delete it immediately it gets kept so I don't really go back and review and delete things um, after the fact I just you know either don't file them in the first place or I never delete them.
1: I love the idea of the single touch rule, and I don't practice this, but i I think it's something I want to try, and that is that when you open an email, you decide what to do with it then and there at that time. Do not put it off to deal with later mm. because quite often I will first thing in the morning look through all my emails, go, Whew, got a whole lot to do, and then I'll close my inbox. <laughs> don't do anything with it any <laughs> and then later I'll go back and go, okay, right. Let me do this one. Do this yeah. One. And this the thing, the whole idea of the single touch rule is that you don't open your inbox until you've got time to deal with some of the stuff that's in there. Yeah, um, like that. So you open it and go, right. I have to deal with this. This is either being deleted, or I'm yep. replying, or I'm writing an action on my to do list, or whatever, yep. and I'm moving it. So if you don't have the time to make a decision
0: and act on it, don't open it at all. Mm.
1: I, like I quite like idea. that. Mm.
0: Yeah. I don't know that I'd be able to do it strictly, but I do. I do quite like it. I um, There is this whole idea of do you use your inbox as your to-do list or not? Because when you were talking about that, I was thinking, well, there's. I don't necessarily write them all on my to-do list. I usually leave the email in there unless I don't need the email. So, If it's an email from myself saying, don't forget to ring Sonia about the NDIS code or whatever, I, just, I think I just read one directly from my inbox then, um, <laughs> if it's at one I've written, I've written to myself, then I'll write that on my task list and then I'll delete the email. But if it's an email from Sonia and I have to reply to it, I'll leave that in there until I've gathered the information and done the replying. So I'll read it and I'll go, okay, I'll reply to that once I've got the information that I need. So I leave it in there as because I'm going to have to reply to it anyway. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I don't. I use I, I my inbox, I don't use it as my task list and I think this is an old habit from when uh, I used to work in HR is that I was just, I would look at my emails as my task list and then You know, I'd come back after lunch break and there'd be 20 new emails and I'd start at the top, even though Mm. the jobs that were sent yesterday probably should have been done first. They I'd look at the new ones and be like, oh, yeah, should do that. Right. I'll do that. And then I had flags everywhere and like red flags and orange flags and green flags. And I was just like, this is this is too much. So I was like, what I will do, I'll see the email, go, right. Do I have to action this? Yes. Right. What's the action? Write it on my task list. And then I would file the email. So it's out of my inbox. And then I even if you have to reply to the email, yeah. Okay, so you have to go and find it again. Well, it depends because I wouldn't necessarily always reply on the same thread. Sometimes I would just start a new thread, start a new one. Oh, yeah, annoying probably to the receiver. (laughs) But um, really, it depended what it was. Only because I just I always felt overwhelmed with like I've got seventy five emails in my inbox. Does that mean I've got seventy five jobs on my to do list? And it wasn't always the case because maybe four of them were about the same. Topic, so mm. I'd be, there'd be one job, but I would yeah. It just seemed like a okay. And because I'm a pen and paper kind of girl, and I love crossing things off, like clicking the little tick from next to the email if you flag it mm. and then you tick it, that gives me no satisfaction. I, I need a pen and I need to like yeah. put a line through it really deep yeah. and hard. That makes <laughs> it makes feel good.
0: It makes sense, and I I sort of do a similar thing to you. I just I don't, I still have my task list which records all of my actions so all of the to-dos that I have to do are in my task list but if there is an associated email that Mm -hmm. with that task it stays in my inbox until it's dealt with so I don't sort of use my inbox as my to-do list because if I did I would miss half my to-dos and that's one of the things like you were saying it's one of those traps that we can fall into is we ignore all of the non-email-based actions that we have to undertake, like texts we have to um, return and, and voicemails we have to listen to and, you know, just bits of paper that have come in and just sat down on the desk that for us to action. Those kinds of things can get ignored while we plough through the never-ending emails that keep coming in. And so if we do use it as, our, as a task list, we do run that risk of accidentally prioritising emails over other things which may be more important hmm definitely I think that's a really good point I that's why I have to be very careful that I do uh, make sure I look at my other task lists as well instead of my emails because it's it's a trap I mean there's a whole book called never check emails in the morning I think I don't know who wrote that but it might be was it Julie Morgenstern? I'm gonna have to Google that now but it's it's basically um, around that office productivity
1: mm-hmm well, I when I was reading about the whole idea of using your inbox as a to-do list, there's a whole lot of apps out there and I don't use any and I can't claim that any are good or bad or otherwise, um, but if you're interested, go and do research. that do the email to-do list, int- into, I can't even say the word, they do email to-do <laughs> list integration and so you can flick these emails to your app or access them from your app and they will turn the email into a task on a like an electronic to-do list so then you can manually add your own to-dos as well but flick your emails that are tasks in there as well so it's separate from your inbox and I really like the idea of that but I'm not tech savvy enough to have Mm. undertaken it and like I said I can be using my pen and paper till the end of time I think
0: yeah yeah I think i'm I'm a bit the same but um but there is that there are definitely apps that can do all of that stuff for you, which um if you are so inclined uh, yeah do some research and and figure out how you can do that if you do want to in- integrate your emails and your and your task list um there are ways so I did google that book and it is julie Morgenstern and and who is one of my favorite ever organizers and it's it's never check email in the morning and that principle is really quite it's quite, it's what something that is a bit counterintuitive because it's the first thing that most people do when they mm-hmm. sit down to do work is after facebook they <laughs> they um they go to the email and what happens is that whatever is in that inbox dominates your attention for the first uh, you know I don't know certain amount of time that you're at work at least until you get interrupted the first time anyway. and that is not necessarily the best way to prioritize your day. There are other things that are more important and more urgent that are not in your email that get ignored because of that. So that might be another a book you know worth looking at too if people are interested in workplace productivity sort of sort of stuff.
1: Very good. so let's let's move away from what we do once you're in there and start talking about how we get less (laughs) because I think everyone would like to get less emails what do you do back to ensure you don't get overrun
0: I unsubscribe um, from anything that I anything that comes in that I delete immediately more than once I then like if I've sort of looked at it If it's come in three times and I've just deleted it without reading it, when it's sort of the third or fourth time, then I'll go, look, I'm clearly not reading these and so I'll unsubscribe. And I actually went through a patch for a month where every – email that I got that was to do with a store or a loyalty program or something like that, that I just didn't care about. And that was just enticing me to shop. Uh, I unsubscribed. So uh, I did that and it really reduced over time. It really reduced the amount of emails coming in. So unsubscribe would be my first tip. Another tip I have when it comes to emails that are work related is you can reduce as a team, you can reduce the amount of emails that you send by being a bit more deliberate about what is in your subject line and also by sending only to the people that actually need to receive it. Because how many times do you get CC'd in on an email that you you couldn't care less about and it's got nothing to do with you, but someone's just whacked you in there because you happen mm-hmm. to sit near you know everyone else and I think um if you are working as a team if you can be a little bit more deliberate about who you're sending the emails to so that everyone's getting less emails that would be really helpful and hopefully then you would get that favor returned to you as well
1: yeah I am um, I love the unsubscribe idea and I think and I thought this way for a long time. Like, I don't have time right now to unsubscribe. I'll just delete. Yeah. And yeah. then I was like, I'm going to see how long it takes me to unsubscribe from this email. Hmm. Twelve seconds to click the link. Like, scroll to the bottom, click the yeah. link that says unsubscribe. It usually takes you to the next page online somewhere. Why don't? Why do you want to unsubscribe from these emails? Like, tick the box. I don't want to receive them anymore. Submit. Done. And I'm like. Like 12 Mm. seconds maybe if I'm like stirring dinner at the same time it really doesn't take that long and the time it saves you is like spend 12 seconds now and save two seconds every morning for the next five years
0: yeah yeah Yeah, exactly. exactly but we
1: we kind of go oh I'll delete I'll deal with that later and I put a reminder in my little um busting the busyness Facebook group a couple of Oh, probably a couple of months ago now it was like a Friday morning I'm like right everyone go to your inboxes p- pick three emails that you want to unsubscribe from and do it now just do it just pick That's three pick five and just because you know just to have that little reminder of oh yep right go because everyone knows that there's some in there that they need to unsubscribe from mm. but they just don't make the time for it so set yourself a reminder once a month to you know on a Friday night while you're you know, watching TV or while you're sitting at the kid's soccer practice or whatever it is to just go through that list. Um, And unsubscribe. And unsubscribe. Mm. The other thing is if you're getting junk that you haven't subscribed to, make sure you mark it as junk because then your email service will recognize that it's junk and automatically stick it in the junk box. Because so often if you don't, like, you know, there might be some that you keep getting from some mail order company or something, and you think this is junk, and rather than deleting it, and sometimes there's no option to unsubscribe, take the time again to mark it as junk. Um, yeah, the other thing I done. when
0: it's spam, there's none. Yeah, yeah.
1: The other thing I do is now I have because the one in one out system works so well in every other aspect of my house, I applied it to my inbox. So mm. if I subscribe to an email to uh, either a website or if I'm at a store and I sign up for their whatever rewards or their, you know, and I know there's going to be emails, I pick another one and I unsubscribe from it so that I have, I kind of limit the amount of stuff coming in. So I've unsubscribed from all but one clothing store and and if I decide that I want to subscribe to another clothing store and get their emails when they've got sales or whatever, then I would have to unsubscribe from this one. So I kind of, yeah, I do I do a one-in-one-out rule because same. it's the same with like um, bloggers that send you their links with, you know, this is what I wrote about this week. If I find mm. a new blogger that I go, oh, I really want to read their stuff. I go, okay, who haven't I been reading lately? And then that in that Friday afternoon session I have where I go and do my reading, if there's someone that keeps popping up in there that I go, oh, I can't be bothered reading their stuff today. I'm like, okay same thing that little trigger to go you know what let it go it'll always be there you can always resubscribe if you decide you want it
0: yeah that's the thing it's not like it's gone forever and mm. and the thing is as well there is so there are so many social media accounts out there and so there are so many businesses that conduct a lot of their information and communication via social media and so if you need to know something you, you can find it out because it's out there and the the mailings that they do are just in addition to or you know as part of a whole communication uh, strategy and so you'll be able to find that information elsewhere and if you really need it so it's not like you're missing out necessarily on anything
1: mm. so i think that's a way to slow the flow and just be precious with your email list because everyone asks for it now you know like I'll go, where did I go the mm. other way? Other day, get my car washed or something. And they said, Can we have your email? And I went, No. Why <laughs> why would I give you my email? Like I wouldn't tell you where I live. Why would I give mm. you my email address? You know, like you don't need to. I'm happy to give you my phone number so you can call me and tell me when my car's finished, but I don't I don't yeah. want you to email me every week. So I think we just get a bit flippant and throw out, especially if we've got like a junk account, you know, if we've got more than one email address and we've mm. got an address that all the subscriptions and the whatever rewards points and all of that stuff kind of that's you know the junk account I think we can be really flippant and I think maybe we need to be a bit more cautious about just giving it out willy-nilly because it will consume your time and you're basically giving people access to put their stuff in your face and when you think Mm. about it like that you go well just because I'm at the car wash, I don't I don't want your stuff in my face. So actually, thanks, but no thanks.
0: Yeah, get rid of them. And you can reduce ones that you emails that you receive by sending better emails. There is something to be said for putting a really good um good description line in your emails, and for putting certain detail. And you can actually say in your emails, um, this this email is for information only. No need to reply. And there'll still be some people that reply with thanks <laughs> and you're like, right, I'm going to delete that. But if you if you sort of um, set people's expectations of, you know, this is this is the body of the email, I do expect a reply or I don't expect a reply, and that will reduce the amount of emails that come in as well. Or if you actually tell people what reply you want, <laughs> that can be helpful as well. You know, can you please reply telling me A, B and C? And that will, you know, help a lot as well because um, if they don't have the answers to that maybe you know they don't have to reply at all or or something like that but you know having really clear emails that you send in the first place can reduce the amount that you receive as well you can kind of train people
1: yeah and one other thing you can do with that whole get smarter about sending with the you know not including everyone on big group mails and you know like all to all staff that kind of thing when you Mm. send one of those massive emails you are always going to get a handful of out of office or auto you know the auto replies and that kind of thing and then Mm. the 10% of people that feel like it's necessary to reply saying thanks or got it which is another massive time waster (laughs) like Mm. people will (laughs) assume you got their email unless Mm. you don't do the action that you were asked. So replying, saying yeah. thanks is a waste of your time and a waste of their time reading it. So I have cut that out. Um, but, yeah, like you said, get really savvy about who you send it to. And then the guy, Ron Webb, the came guy. up with this, the, the guy, I don't know him personally, um, <laughs> he came up with an idea called Bluff and um, it was something that they used a lot in productivity um, at work, discussions and um, ideas and Bluff stands for bottom line up front. And so either in that subject or the first line of the email, explain your call to action then. So I need a response to this by 6 p.m. tomorrow is your first line. Oh, yes. And then put all the stuff in. Because if you put all the info in and then put the call to action right at the bottom, people just don't read that well. Um mm. they'll scan it and be like, yep, cool, I'll file that and read that later. Or if it's a, like you said, for information only, that gives people the, the green light straight away to just put it to the site and read it later.
0: Not read um, it at all.
1: <laughs> not read it at all, like most of us. But put that bottom line, put what you want them to do and when you want them yeah, to do, them. Like that. do it at the first line and then put all the information underneath that so that they can um, go through the detail when they've got time. And it can really cut down on the time spent reading through the whole email to figure out in the last line this is for your information only and you're like oh I just wasted (laughs) five minutes of my life so yeah it's the kind of thing if you start doing you might not see the rewards straight away but if you try and implement it within your team or your family or whoever you're emailing a lot and say put the bottom line up front
0: and thank that guy Ron Webb for the idea Mm. then I'm um, going to do that I'm gonna start (laughs) doing that I also implemented a rule and I Kind of, I'm still sticking to it. It ended up being a little bit of a habit, but I'm not as fastidious about it now or as persnickety about it. Mm-hmm. But there's this method of dealing, of writing emails that is advocated and I don't know by whom or where it came from, but it's it's like a, the five-line email or the three-line email. And so mm-hmm. you've only got three lines to say what you want to say and that's it. And so you have to be really concise and that then obviously is better for the people receiving the emails because you're helping them save time and you're also saving time writing because I'm a very verbose person, um, which I'm sure everybody has noticed, and I can make a point stretch out incredibly long. And so obviously that wastes my time and that wastes the reader's time. And so if I can be a bit more concise and if I force myself to get the entire amount of information I want to convey to this person in three lines, then I am going to be doing us both a favor, so that's something that I've really tried to do um, on and off. I am not, like I said, I am not really sticking to it very well at the moment, but when I remember, I um, I found that that actually can be quite helpful too.
1: Another way you can um, reduce some of the time spent uh, composing emails as well is to firstly simplify your sign off. So, where you can within your um, email program, create an automatic signature and include the salutation with it as well because people yeah. spend and I know I've done this people spend a lot of time going oh now how should I should I say see you soon should I say best regards does that sound a bit cold maybe warmest regards or you know like uh, best of luck or you know like who cares yeah. they're, they're probably not even reading that bit anyway. So create yeah, an I automatic don't. signature with like best regards because that kind of includes everyone um mm. and your name and then all your you know, details underneath oh if you bit. need to mm-hmm. save you replying. And I know that um, a lot of email servers will populate that only for new emails, um, but you can also do a cut and paste for your sign-off if you're replying. And if it's yeah. a conversation, if you're going, what do you think about this idea? "Yep, yeah, what about this? What? Just don't sign off at all if that email chat is replacing a phone chat that you would have and you know it's yeah. just throwing ideas you don't have to say oh and I was also thinking of this thanks heaps from Tara and mm-hmm. then they write back and go but what about that oh I hadn't factored that in thanks heaps from Tara like no like just <laughs> dear Rebecca I hadn't factored <laughs> yeah. that
0: in thanks Tara yeah
1: <laughs> dear Tara because didn't I, you <laughs> thanks Rebecca <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like just cut the cut the yeah. um sign off altogether because that can be a real just needless mm. stuff. Don't like we said don't reply to emails that don't need a reply just to say oh, I got that or thanks very much that's a waste of everyone's time. And mm. if you find that you and quite often if you're a business or service provider of some sort you might find that you get very similar emails saying the same thing saying like how much does this cost or um what's involved with the return of this product or whatever you can, I know with Gmail um, who I use, they have a thing called canned responses. So you can basically write a template of your response to your most common emails. And then when you get that, hi, what's involved with the refund, you go hit your canned responses, brings up one of your templates and you're like, refund reply, drag it across, send, and it sends it. all. So you're not writing that same thing over and over. So have a look and see if there's, patterns.
0: Yeah. In Outlook, you can do that. There are templates in Outlook. And also if you um, have a CRM, quite a lot of the time within your CRM, there are templates for emails as well. So um, definitely write templates. I mean, it's still nice to have a personal touch. And so within my template, there are little bits that I add, but it still saves so much time. You know, when I just receive a standard email um, from the website, you know, I can just start with that template and then Mm -hmm. add in some personalized bits and pieces. So they know I'm actually paying attention to them as a person, not just sending them a canned response, but it saves me so much time because all of the same stuff that I have to say to everybody is just already written. Uh, So that's, yeah, I use the Outlook templates for that. So I find that really helpful.
1: If you're a, a techie person and you go Googling, there is so much stuff you can find to
0: help oh, you. there. so many tools for this stuff, yeah. I was reading and about And you and I this. don't really use them, so we're no. not really fait okay with all of them.
1: One I was reading about yesterday was called Boomerang, which you can write your response and then schedule it to be sent later. And I like the idea that if you don't want to get into a chat with that person now because you're in the middle of something but you want to just respond to it, get the email out of your inbox, you could say send in four mm-hmm, hours. yeah. Um, the other thing you can do is... You can schedule- do that to
0: make, you, make your boss think that you're still at work at 11 o'clock at night. Oh,
1: yes, <laughs> gold. <laughs> um, the other thing you can do is schedule it to return that email. If you use your email list as your to-do list, you can schedule it to return that email to you at a later time or a later date. So if you get something in that says, I need you to do this tomorrow and you think, I don't want that in my inbox today, you can basically boomerang it and say come back to me 9 o'clock tomorrow so it will come back as a fresh email the next day. Um, That's cool. So, yeah, there's so much cool stuff out there if you go looking. So what else do we have to – what about checking email, Beck? Our last point. So, you know, notifications and email checking all day distracting us from our work or our life. What do you recommend? How often should you check them? All
0: right, so there's – all there's there are loads of productivity specialists out there who'll tell you all sorts of things about this but most of them will say turn your notifications off and don't allow your email to dictate how you spend your time and I'm certainly a big advocate of that and I'm pretty sure you would be as well Mm -hmm. so turning notifications off is a really um, good productivity tool and Another one is scheduling times to check your emails, and um, like you do with your reading, uh, there's also other times you can you can schedule to check your emails. And I, I have a client who actually um, checks her emails at ten o'clock and three o'clock every day, and that's when she checks them and does any replies that that need to be done. And uh, sometimes she'll be working on emails during the day um, as she's doing her tasks. But she doesn't read any new ones except at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And she actually has that written down on her email signature so that people who receive regular emails from her know that if they send one at 11 o'clock that they are not going to get a response before 3 Mm-hmm. because she's not going to check it by then. And that setting people's expectations is a really good idea because then you not get that one from them at 12 that says, did you get my email? Then at one that says, hey, did you get my email? And then the phone call that says, did you get my three emails? <laughs> because they know, well, I've sent it at 11 o'clock. Uh, I know she doesn't check emails until three so that's cool i know i'm not going to get anything until three from her and so that setting people's expectations really does help then Mm. um, reduce the amount of of stuff of interruptions that you get from from those people moving forward
1: yeah i like that that's a really good idea um the other thing you can do too is do an auto reply which i know is annoying for the people receiving that (laughs) but (laughs) if you decide that you know you're going to set a boundary or a limit saying i will check emails between well, first thing in the day, 9 o'clock in the morning. And if I haven't seen it, you know, 9 to 9.30 this morning, I won't look at my email again till tomorrow. Same thing. Do an auto reply. I only check emails between 9 and 9.30. If it's something that you need before the closed business today, please call this number. Um, I used to get a few of them too. I never set it up for myself. But, um, mm. yeah, it's that whole idea around expectations because it's. I think email has become like a text and now that we get them on our phones, Oh yeah. People We're expect so itch- if they yeah. email you, you will reply almost instantly, like a text message or whatever, yeah. um, whether you're in the office or not. And I think that's that's pretty unfair to most of
0: us. Yeah. Well, we've got ourselves in that in that hole, haven't we? Mm. You know, by By us being a bit addicted to our emails, we have become hyper responsive, and because of that, then people expect us to be hyper responsive, and then our productivity suffers. And when we want to reverse that, we have a bit of trouble doing so. So I think that yeah, if we use our email as a tool that we can use when it suits us, rather than having it control when we use it, then um, then our productivity will be you know a lot lot more improved uh, for sure because it can it can really sort of dictate our whole life. One more thing before we finish that I wanted to mention is the quick cleanup of the inbox. We didn't really mm-hmm. I didn't me- mention this before, but one of the things that you can do if you are sick of seeing 7000 emails in your inbox and you only want emails in there that you have to read or have to action or if you want no emails in your inbox uh, one of the methods that I advocate people do to give them that fresh start is to create an email called backlog or fresh start or a year or a year range or something like that and just drag and drop all bar the last couple of weeks worth of emails straight into it without looking at them Mm-hmm. If they've been hanging around that long, then you're probably going to survive with them not being in your inbox anyway and usually it's only the last couple of weeks worth of emails that are going to be important to you right now. so you can do that big bulk drag and drop, get it rid of that then go through the other couple of weeks worth one by one to make sure you know you're not missing anything and um, and then that's a really quick and easy way to get that that relief and you still have all of those emails. They're just in a different folder and it's no different to them being in the inbox other than you don't have that stress of having 7,000 emails in your inbox and that worry about, you know, um, what you're missing.
1: Mm, That's a good tip.
0: So I'm sure loads of you have got great ideas because Tara and I aren't, you know, as techie as some of you out there we would love for you to share your great email tips with us and um, do that on our face uh, in our facebook group and um, come along and join us at facebook and we will have a chat about email and we can share all of our great tips with each other and um, i'm sure you guys will be able to teach each other heaps um, we will see you next week
1: Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.